This episode of the unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Zipify and their flagship app, Zipify Pages. Zipify Pages is an e-commerce sales funnel and landing page builder that seamlessly integrates into your Shopify store. Just start with one of a growing list of templates, customize, and go. These templates are created by my friend and eight-figure Shopify store owner, Ezra Firestone. Each template is built with proven conversion elements, but also features a simple drag-and-drop editor, so you could truly make each of these pages your own. You could customize, tweak, test to create some awesome landing pages and sales funnels. Check out all the details and sign up for the brand new application at Zipify.com. That's Zipify, Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com. Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. Subscriptions are becoming more popular than ever on Shopify, and there's one app we always recommend to customers when they need to run them, and that's the Recurring Orders app from Bold. Like all Bold apps, it's quick and easy to set up, packed full of features, but they just added a super cool feature that I think is the absolute deal sealer for me. They call it Cancellation Management, and basically it stops your customers from canceling their subscriptions by offering them great incentives. So if you've ever tried to cancel your cable account, you know what I'm talking about. You say, I want to cancel my account. And they say, all right, what if we offered you, say, a free month of service or extra channels or a discount? Would that change your mind? Bold has built that into this app as an automatic feature, and I think it's a really awesome way to save that predictable recurring revenue provided by your subscriptions. So if you want to try it out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from my big blue office uh, in Park Ridge, Illinois at EtherCycle headquarters outside Chicago. And today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, I am terribly excited about the store owner I'm interviewing today because he is the first and only uh, Shopify store owner I've encountered who had a Super Bowl commercial, which I'm, I've never talked to anyone with a Super Bowl commercial. I am thrilled. I want to hear about it. Um, and it's none other than Michael Brown of Death Wish Coffee, which he started in, in 2012 in a small coffee in Saratoga Springs, to give you some background, and he saw a need for coffee that was both strong and delicious to serve his groggy morning customers. After creating the perfect blend of beans and combining it with his unique roasting technique, the world's strongest coffee was born. Today, thousands of people trust Death Wish Coffee to, make them, to wake them up and keep them going every day. And the cool part, in 2015, he won into its small business big game competition, which gave them a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl. And since then, their business has grown every day. And that's what we want to hear about. We all want to grow our businesses every day. Michael Brown, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Kurt. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on your show. And thanks for that great introduction. I don't, know, I don't even know what else I have to talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so <laughs> I, you're right. I did. I, I guess I buried the lead on that one. Um, okay. So Death Wish Coffee is one of the largest um, Shopify stores, you know, based on digging through Alexa traffic and all this. I, I think it might be like it easily it's top 100. It's possibly top 10. I mean, it's a juggernaut. Yeah, I know we drive a lot of traffic to our site um, and we, we convert a little bit, too, which helps keep the store running. Yeah. And Shopify has been a great partner with us from, I think since 2013, we started working on their platform 
and their tools and apps and everything that we can, you know, set up easily ourselves really, really, it's a, it's a great jump from where we were before. I think we were on a Weebly platform before where I, where I basically did all of the web design and it was, it was very, it was very embarrassing looking back, but feel free to go check out the Wayback Machine um, website and check out our our first website. It was pretty, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, well, so, so how did you get started? Would you, uh, how'd you, you owned a coffee shop? So you had a yeah, brick and mortar? I did. I had a brick and mortar shop that was, I wouldn't say failing miserably, but it was failing <laughs> slowly. It was failing slowly. Um, just, just slowly bleeding, bleeding all of my revenue or all of my savings um, day after day after day until I finally had to, you know, sell all my stuff, uh, move back in with my mom when I was 30. And basically, I don't know, I got desperate. So I'm like, how, you know, how, how am I going to survive? How am I going to not be a failure? And I, I decided I started reading actually books on online marketing and selling stuff online. So I think I tried a bunch of, um, I forgot what you call them, uh, like referral businesses first, where you can kind of like make money off other people, like referring people to other people's products. Affiliate, that's what it's Affiliate called. marketing, right. Yeah, I think I tried that for a minute, but that didn't, uh, that wasn't for me. So, but, but I had a customer base and they kept asking me for a strong coffee or a stronger coffee, I should say. And I went online and I Googled, you know, what's the strongest coffee out there? And at the time there really wasn't, much on the market. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is great. You know, I can fill this need. I, you know, I know how to make strong coffee. I've, I've been in my coffee shop enough. I know my, you know, I can test it out on my customers, which I did until I had the perfect blend. And then I started selling it online. Um, I made up a, a website on Weebly. And from there I ran a couple Facebook ads and I had my first sale within a couple of weeks and, and it was slow going in the beginning. But, um, after a couple months of selling online and, and getting a, a few good reviews. I thought, you know, maybe there's maybe there's something to this here. Maybe I should spend some more time focusing on it. And that's what I did. Really, I just started focusing on on the store and posting consistently on social media. And I think I started building an email list right up right off the bat, so I could remarket to my customers um, and try to send them, you know, valuable content. What did you, out of curiosity, before you ran a coffee shop, what did you do before then? Yeah, before that, I was an accountant for the state of New York. Oh, uh, in the controller's office. Yeah, it was pretty. I had a cool job actually. I I worked for the revenue refund unit, and basically, I just sent out checks to people that had forgotten that they like left their money in a bank account or something, you know. So, so money basically forgotten money. My job was to surprise people with checks in the mail. So it was kind of <laughs> cool. But, you know, we automated that pretty, you know pretty quickly. So I really didn't even have anything to do. So I was just sitting there and I was like, I can't, I can't just sit at a desk and do nothing, like literally nothing all day. I have to, I have to do something else. So, so when, I, I, I quit and I spent a year hanging out in coffee shops. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, maybe I'll try running one of these. I really enjoy the atmosphere. Um, and it was harder, harder than I thought, a lot more expensive than I thought. So you went from, you quit your job, um, didn't know, quit your job, just said, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. Wanted to start you hung out in coffee shops, said, I could do this. Start, didn't know what you didn't know, as, as most of us do. Started a coffee shop. And how long did you run that, um, your own shop, before you said, before the, it sounds like it was out of necessity, where the shoes started to pinch, and you said, all right, I got to figure out something else. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, 2008, August 2008 is when I started with in the coffee shop business and I started Death Wish Coffee the end of 2011. So there was a good three years of bleeding before I got wise and started started um, selling coffee. I, I call it the smart way, you know, without without the brick and mortar and just online to millions of people instead of thousands. So did you give up? Or, so then you had your brick and mortar. Um, it it wasn't working out well, <laughs> but you didn't want to give up. No one wants to give up on their baby. Um, and you had customers. I never closed it down either. I still have the coffee shop. It's doing well. Oh, okay. So after a while, you know, it did, we did figure it out. And 2008 wasn't the best year to start a business, anyways. You know, yeah. looking, um, I think any business, let alone a coffee business. So um, I think as now that the economy is a little better, I, I see great numbers coming out of the coffee shop, which is promising. <laughs> so, um, okay. So then you had, you were looking for something new. You had customers asking you, uh, asking you for a stronger coffee. Yeah, yeah. Every, every morning they'd come in, say, "Hey, Mike, give me a cup of your strongest," and I'd be like, "All right." Um, and I always would think, you know, do I want to give them like what I think is the most caffeinated coffee, or do I want to give them like the boldest coffee? And usually, I'd err on the side of, of the bold, the boldness of the bean um, over caffeine. So that, you know, you think they're looking for flavor, but there was always that like conundrum there. Like, really, what do they want? So. When I went to put together a strong coffee, I wanted to put together a bold coffee that also had a lot of caffeine. And those don't necessarily go hand in hand. Um, they can, um, but they don't necessarily go hand in hand. So, did you, uh, when you were going about creating this product, did you do anything to validate it? Did you try pre-selling it before you even had created it, and then figure it out, or how did that process go? Yeah, um, I tested it out on the. I tested it out on my coffee shop customers until i made sure you know until they liked it and i'm pretty sure they were the ones that even told me hey you know you should sell this online um and i also i i had the beans blended together but i actually didn't have a a product i didn't have like a packaging for it or anything and it wasn't until i had my first sale where i had to throw the packaging together and i think i drove down to staples and i bought some labeling software and i put this it's funny. I still have the I still have the first bag in my office right now, hanging on my wall because it it just look, it looks so it looks so crappy. But the guy got the guy got the coffee and he loved it and he gave me a good review. But um, yeah, it was. was How scrambling. much did you sell that first bag for? I think twenty bucks. So you sold your first bag of coffee for twenty bucks, and yeah, that's the prices in. Got to raise their prices in at all ever. <laughs> I was gonna say it's on the website. It's still twenty bucks. Um, and I think you know, part of, so you, you know, in that sense, you really, you listen to your customers. They said, Hey, this is what we want. You created it. You validated it by someone giving you money for it. Um, but I think without a doubt, part of this success is the really cool packaging, the amazing, like it's called death wish coffee. It's one of those things where you have, like you hear it, it's three words and you have to know more. It's sort of like, I said, I'm a dog lawyer and then stop talking. Like I got to hear what that is. Right. So, I mean, it, it is a catchy name, but it might be a little scary. You're essentially, it's really say like you may as well have said, Hey, you know, these are, these are poison cakes. Would you like to buy some poison cakes? <laughs> you know, were you ever, um, do people ever try and talk you out of that name? No, not really. Surprisingly enough. I kind of did it under the radar without anyone knowing, you know, one day I made, you know, I made this coffee and I didn't like tell the world or my family or my friends that I was doing this. I just, 
put together a product I I thought looked cool. And I had this vision in my head of somebody walking into a kitchen and picking up this black coffee bag off of the counter with a skull and crossbones on it that looked like a poison label and almost being like, what is this poisonous bag of, you know, what's in here? And, and, and really getting someone's attention because I really think the first step in you know, marketing or branding is you, you got to grab everyone. You got to grab the people's attention, you know, and, and then, you know, once once the, their attention is grabbed, you can go into, hey, this is organic, fair trade coffee, all natural, about double the caffeine as your typical cup. Um, you know, give it a try. And I think, yeah, because of that, we've had you know, a decent amount of success so far. Um, and we're able to back up, you know, we're able to put a, a badass product in, a, in the badass bag. The bag's not everything. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, it's got a very clear you know, positioning statement where it's the world's strongest coffee. I mean, it really, the entire product is, is centered, makes it seem uh, like the, the coffee's a dare. Like literally, we are daring you to drink our coffee. And I, I love it. I mean, the whole, it's fun. It's a little tongue in cheek. Um, it really, it's, it's irresistible. I could see where, where people love it. And I, I've been meaning to order a bag for the longest time. Um, yeah, will, there we have, I mean, we tell people, you know, we, we have a money back guarantee, you know, if you don't like it, I tell people all the time, it's not for everyone, but you know, buy it, give it a try. If you like it, awesome. Hopefully we can be your morning coffee. If you don't like it, just give us a call. Shoot us an email. We have a no bullshit, um, 20, uh, even, you know, no BS, uh, return. Actually, it's not even a return policy. It's just a money back guarantee. You know, we, we don't ask people to send the coffee back. We're just like, yeah, here's, here's your money back. Thanks for trying. So, you know, you're then. Uh, I'm assuming things kind of grew steadily organically, and your next big success was this Super Bowl ad. How did that happen? Tell me about that. Yeah, so in 2015, we saw I, I was on Facebook paging around, and the Intuit had an ad running for the Small Business Big Game competition, and I had watched it the two years prior when Goldie Blocks won the first Super Bowl commercial, and I was. Um, I put an amazing opportunity for a small business. And, um, and then I saw that come come across my news feed and I, I grabbed my team. I think there was only six of us at the time. I'm like, hey, guys, we got to participate in this. I'm like, this, I'm like, we can win this. We really can win this. We got this. I mean, we've been working on building our, our you know, fan base, building our audience. And they're very passionate now. And I think, you know, they could really help us help us do what it takes to win this commercial. And my whole team was on board and right from the outset, we were, we were all in. Um, I completed the application. You had to make a profile on their own it network, which is a social network for small business owners. And, and then from there it was a bunch of, uh, I guess, I don't know what you call them, I guess tasks or questions or projects that you had to work on, like, uh, creating a video and, um, writing a story of something that inspires you, you know, a bunch of things. And, and the point of it was to get the public to want to vote for you to represent other small businesses or all small businesses in the Super Bowl. So that's what we did. We, we drove as many people as possible to our voting link. Um, and over the course of, boy, I think six months was was the was the period and they kept getting narrowed down got narrowed down from like 5000 businesses to the top 10 and down to the final 3 and after we made the top 10 I was I mean 
maybe overly confident, but at least I was putting that face on. I'm like, we definitely, we're going to win this, guys. We're going to win this. We got it. And lo and behold, we actually did squeeze it out in the end, but it was, it was close. Um, according to Intuit, they didn't reveal the actual numbers of, of who, who got the most votes, but they said it was, it went right down to the final week. So there Hello. was some, yeah, I think Chubby's was one of the businesses in the final three and Vindler's five and dime, um, which is a small five and dime out of Buffalo, New York that has such a passionate community around them. And they were driving tons of votes. Um, and it's an amazing store. Uh, we became really good friends with them and really good friends with the Chubby's guys. Um, who have a great Shopify store as well. And, um, a great social media presence. So what was the, and I'll, I'm sure I could find the Super Bowl commercial. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, what did that process look like for creating the commercial? Yeah, the creation process was not, they, they brought in a, like a big agency, a creative agency to handle that. They sat me down and gave me three storyboards and gave me 24 hours to kind of, to pick a commercial and, um, to, to put my twist on it if I wanted to, or um, throw my ideas out there. And I picked the, it's like a Viking themed commercial. Right. And, um, it's funny though. When I saw it, it didn't even really make that much sense in, in terms of, uh, selling coffee. But for some, that night I, I had a night to sleep on it and I had a dream about that Viking ship and I woke up and I was like, well, I'm like, I can't go against my dreams. You know, that really stuck. <laughs> So, yeah, we uh, into it, you know, covered the cost, thank God. And they, you know, we started filming. We, you know, we they actually built that Viking ship in the commercial. They built it from scratch, pretty much life-size. They put it on a, a hydraulic platform that moved, and they had a blue screen around it. And they'd spray these water cannons over the top, and they had these high-power fans, like, blowing water everywhere. Hmm. It was freezing cold and, you know, in this uh, giant studio out there shooting it in. And it was wild. They had, some of the, you know, they had, you know, very like the top Hollywood like producers and directors on this project. I think the guy who um, did the lighting for Benjamin Button, he was there. And, hmm. and the same people who did the special effects for pirates of the caribbean they did all the special effects for it and it came out amazing it was really it was really an intense and unbelievable experience for me um i think back a lot on it you know pretty pretty blessed to have had the opportunity to go through that yeah well it's game changing and we know you know uh, a super bowl spot costs what like five million dollars yeah so, I mean, that's just tremendous, <laughs> <laughs> tremendous value there. But so the commercial, you know, being selected, obviously, like must give you um, a really huge confidence. And then seeing that commercial get made around your brand is clearly, you know, emotional and phenomenal. And then it actually runs. What happens when it ran? So Intuit actually flew us out to San Francisco, not to go to the Super Bowl, but to have a Super Bowl party at the... I don't know, the top of this like penthouse of this giant building and it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing. They had they made ice sculptures for us and just the craziest party I've ever seen. But it was for for me and for my team, it was, you know, this is like this is work time for us. This is our this is kind of our e commerce Super Bowl as well, because we know that as soon as that commercial goes live, a ton of people are gonna hit our website. So we had a war room set up with um 
you know, a bunch of computers in there and my team's on the computers making sure our social media is fine, looking at our Shopify store. And we actually had contacted Shopify beforehand and we, you know, we told them about the extra traffic we were going to receive. So they said they had a team set up as well, watching it and making sure everything went smoothly. And as the third quarter of the game, the commercial went live and um, I had my cell phone out and I was watching the traffic on my site and it went from, I think like a, a couple thousand to over 150,000 um, within 10 minutes. Oh my and gosh. I'm like, please don't crash. Please don't crash. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, this is, this is bittersweet <laughs> where you're like, oh my God, this is like more traffic than I could ever conceive of. And then yeah. it must've been scary where you're thinking, you know, yeah, just can we handle the orders? And were you scared about fulfilling the orders? Like you, so you got all this traffic. Did it convert? Did people buy? Yeah, it did. We got, it was our busiest day to date. Um, it actually is our big, busiest. And there was only really two, two hours left of the day when the commercial went live. And yeah, tons of orders came in. It was, it was fantastic. And it really peaked, but. And as far as fulfillment goes, um, I, I, I do work with fulfillment centers and I notified all of them in, in advance. Um, I also sell Deathwish Coffee on Amazon and I notified Amazon and, you know, they were ready. And the whole process really worked out almost too good to be true. Um, you know, we didn't oversell it. We didn't sell out of our inventory and our distribution centers were able to fulfill everything within, I think, two days. Um, so everybody got their product in the time we said it was going to. I think we we, we say they're going to get it That's within awesome. three, three to five days. <laughs> yeah, it was it was unreal. Um, and yeah, just it went real. I mean, that part went really smoothly. Um, there were some parts leading up to it that weren't so great. You know, we had to deal with, uh, we had to take on extra vendors to help create enough product. Um, so we worked with some third party help. Um, and, you know, one or two of those vendors turned out to be uh, over ambitious. You know, they, they they said they could do a lot less than they could really do. So, I mean, there were some struggles there. But, you know, in the end, it, it really worked out. Yeah, overall, I mean, this – okay. So, you know, so far it sounds like you paid your dues and then you've got this just tremendous success story um, that I know involved blood, sweat, and tears. If, oh, yeah. If you could go back in time, you know, I think – Probably, you know, one of the most valuable things you could provide people is what would you change? What uh, what mistakes have you made? What would you have done differently? I mean, with the Super Bowl commercial or just overall? Well, you know, um, you know, honestly, I don't think too many people are going to have a Super Bowl commercial again. <laughs> but I mean, if you know, whatever you want, you know, yeah. What what's you know the the big you know one or two mistakes you wish you could have changed? Yeah, I mean, we've made mistakes in terms of. Um, you know, releasing, I shouldn't say releasing products, but telling our customers we're going to release products before we actually had them in hand. Um, and then, you know, when it comes time to actually release the product, if we don't have them, we didn't, you know, we don't use it, we don't sell them. So, uh, you know, we let some customers down that way. Um, vetting certain vendors, um, doing our due diligence on that end to make sure we work with the correct partners. Um, We've definitely made a ton, ton of mistakes there. And, and even just being a, you know, we do have a physical location. Um, and having a little bit of more foresight in the beginning um, in terms of, you know, where where we're located and, and what type of facility. Uh, we've moved like three times in the, in the past three years 
Um, and, you know, that's always it runs a toll on the business and it, it kind of stresses everybody out a little. But I think we're in a good spot now. We'll be here at least for another three years. Um, and, yeah, I mean, as far as you know, my team goes and everything, I have a great team. And luckily, they, they save me from a lot of mistakes. A lot of the times I'll come in and, and have this great idea. At least I, I think it's a great idea. And, and then I'll get vo- voted down you know, pretty quickly. And we have a kind of a, a democracy like that here. Um, I mean, if something really comes down to it, I guess I do make the final decision. But um, we're, we're a good team. No, it seems yeah. I, this looks like a a well a well run machine here. Um, guy, I love your website, and of course, you know, shout out to the the gentleman at Pointer Creative um, for what looks like just phenomenal design and development work. Um, talking about your your Shopify Plus store and some of the apps on here, it looks like you're running um, I think bold apps for uh, recurring orders. Is that right? We are at this time. I think we're moving away from them right now um, to a – well, I don't, I don't remember exact company. But, yeah, there's some things that we needed in our subscription, a recurring order platform that they weren't offering that another company was. So um, based on the recommendation of other store owners um, and friends of ours, you know, we decided to move, move ours recurring orders over but bold has been really good they're, they're good to work with and if they don't have anything they will develop it for you typically right. um, but sometimes it's expensive so, it might, so it might be easier for us to go, to go to someone who already has it developed <laughs> right so what um so this coffee subscription it adds recurring predictable revenue to your business how long have you been doing that and you know what how important is it to to your business we've been doing it for a while but not until we started working with bold that be do we really see it take off and, and, and do do something pretty nice for the business? Um, and, and, and to me, it just adds that I don't know the surety. You know, it, it makes our you know I know every day at eight a.m. You know, we're gonna it's gonna look like we have a big jump in orders, and that's just our subscriptions going through. So it gives us a I guess a, a bit of I think as a as a small e-commerce store you have your like booms and busts you know during the during the day or during the week or during the year where your sales are you know crappy one day real good the next day and, and you know it kind of flip-flops a lot the recurring orders really add some stability there um yeah where i can actually do a little a little bit better forecasting for the future and that helps you uh you know invest in other marketing things of course because you you can rely on all right i've got these recurring orders i've got this guaranteed revenue and one of the other interesting things i noticed you do marketing wise you sponsored a nascar driver yeah actually it was just um yeah we sponsored ty Dillon in dover last year we had a full ramp nascar i actually have the nascar hood in my office uh, <laughs> that's cool i'm uh you know just through relation through relationships i made through the business i you know i'm started talking with um, Ty's brother, Austin Dillon, who I was actually just texting with a, a minute ago, which is funny. He's he's one of the best drivers in NASCAR, actually. He's out in Daytona right now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a cool relationship to have. Um, he texts me, do I watch the show Vikings? Um, which I don't know if he just wants to talk about <laughs> the TV shows or what. But, um, uh, yeah, it's a great, he's a great guy. Um, he, he's he's Richard Childress from Richard Childress Racing. He's his grandson, hmm. and 
Yeah, great family. They invited me down, spent some time with them in North Carolina. But yeah, that was a, a crazy opportunity, and it was it was one of those things that kind of fell into my lap last minute. I just kind of said to him, "Hey, it'd be cool to have my logo on on one of these NASCARs one day." And he's like, "Well, maybe we can make that happen." <laughs> and you know, lo and behold, a, a couple of weeks later, we had a NASCAR, and it was a really cool experience. Um, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, I wish I didn't rush it so, so quickly. You know, I think I could have capitalized on it a little bit more, at least on the marketing end, um, if we had time to plan, but what would you have, ch- what, how would you have done that? I mean, beyond just like, you know, you've got the, it's a car, it's vinyl wrapped. It's at, you know, one of the most watched sporting events, um, in, in the U S how do, that's actually the part that I don't understand is, you know, how do you capitalize on that? And and how do you track the the ROI on a, on a NASCAR sponsorship, or do you, you do you you not? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think you can. I mean, there's there's like this thing they call TV value, where it's like, oh, your car was on TV this amount of time, so you're and this many people watched it, so your TV value was you know X Y Z. Um, so I guess that's that's how like they value it, but for me, in actual real dollars. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see any big blips or even real small blips, you know, the day that the race went off um, in, in, in my back end or in, in my financials. But it was a cool experience. But if I had to do it again, I would have put I would have had to put a lot more feet on the ground. And by that, I mean, I just had to take more more members of my team out, bring them to the race, you know, have them tell the people at the race, you know, hand out samples, just get, okay. get the brand out there as much as possible. Um, unfortunately, since, since it was such a quick turnaround, like the opportunity was there and I, I didn't want to miss it. I, uh, I could only bring a couple people out and I think it, it rained the entire before the race. So we didn't even get to go out and, you know, do any of our, what we're good at, you know, talking with people, telling them about our coffee, telling them about the brand. So do you do a lot of event marketing? Yeah, we've started. Um, I love having feet on the ground at events and it's, People are excited when you can like give them free coffee or free stickers or free hats or free anything really, but coffee especially. Um, and when you talk to these people and you know see what coffee they're drinking and have them try ours and see if they like it, and uh, putting a face behind the brand, I think is really helpful for. Um, I mean, I think probably for any product. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I've always said you know people buy from people, not brands. So being able to connect with someone um, always helps and. Doing event marketing, being able to get that FaceTime is hugely valuable, as I think you've you've obviously discovered. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I've met so many great people, you know, who are now lifelong customers of Deathwish Coffee, and it's just through yeah, meeting them, shaking their hand, telling stories. Um, <laughs> I don't know, just hanging out, um, which is what we're good at. <laughs> so it sounds. Like, I mean, you just have like nonstop crazy opportunities. What's the the most interesting thing you're working on right now? Um, well, we just released a, well, we just did a partnership with Ubisoft for that game for honor that was released on Valentine's day. Okay. Um, that was pretty cool. We did a co-branded, um, bag with them. So the video game basically is, um, it gets warriors from different, uh, time periods like Vikings versus samurais versus knights. And it puts them together on this battlefield where they battle each other. So we actually made a, Three different coffee bags, one with a knight on it, one with a Viking on it, one with a, uh, a knight on it. And we released those on our website and on Amazon. And 
you know, we just kind of worked together with Ubisoft to help push out the release of their brand, and we got to ride the buzz a little bit, um, which is cool. And I think that's another one of those things where, you know, looking back, I think, you know, next time we, if we work with them again, you know, we can do, we can do it better. You know what I mean? We're, we're always learning a lot of, a lot of lessons like, oh, this worked, this didn't work. You know, maybe we should try this next time. Um, so that's, that's exciting. We're also working on our canned nitro brew. So it's a, oh, I would love to try that. Yeah, I'll send you some. It's a uh, cold brew coffee with dosed with nitrogen. Uh, we work with a local brewery. Um, we use their big equipment to uh, make like giant vats of this cold brew. It turns out amazing with our coffee. And we put in these cans with nitrogen. Uh, when it pours, it pours out like a kind of like a Guinness, and it gets like a nice uh, foamy head on it. And it's delicious. There's no cream or sugar or anything in it. So, uh, but it still has a has a great flavor where I don't think it needs it. So how do you come up with, you know, when you're, obviously that's a trend, uh, like cold brew nitro coffee is a trend in that industry right now, but did you yeah. say, hey, let's just try this, or did you, was there any kind of validation, or were customers asking for it? How'd that go? Um, I think we recognized the trend a, like a long time ago, and it's taken us so long to bring this product to market, just because we weren't sure exactly how we were going to do it. Um, but I have a very innovative team, we're always like working on the craziest stuff. And sometimes we just waste a ton of money. <laughs> sometimes we waste a ton of money on the craziest garbage you've ever seen. But, so, but other times it works out. Like this cold brew, it worked out. But it, it took a lot of time and a lot of money to develop it and to, and to get the, the process right. Um, we've actually we've gone through three or four runs already. Um, and I think we scrapped the first two just because the product wasn't where we wanted it to be. Um, those last two runs have been great, and we're actually investing more equipment to make it even better before we actually release it to our customers for uh, on a regular basis. Do you see, um, you know, you said like, oh, we're investing, we're trying all these different things, and sometimes they're, they're total failures. Do you see Deathwish Coffee as a lifestyle brand? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, you know, we talk about that all the time here. Uh, I think it's becoming more a lifestyle brand. Um, and, and by that, I mean our our, our saying around the office or our, I know our mantra is, um, fueled by death. And what that really, <laughs> what that really means is, um, you know, fuel your passion. We want to fuel people's passion. We actually have a podcast now that's called, um, fueled by death cast. And, um, yeah, we're just, we're just trying to find the most passionate communities and then work with these communities to, I don't know, be their, to be their coffee, to, to fuel them, to, to, to give them energy. And that's not just with coffee, you know, hopefully it's with inspiration. Hopefully it's with, um, you know, other, other products we sell. We also sell, um, well, we work with a lot of, we work with a lot of local companies to sell, uh, we sell soap, lotions and, uh, beer and vodka and, uh, I think we're going to be selling candles soon. So we do a lot of collaborations, which are fun, um, but, but still on the, along the same lines, just fueling people's passion and, 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 and getting into these communities in a way that's not just like, oh, here, buy a coffee. Like, we don't want to do that. Um, for instance, the comic book community, very passionate community. Um, we last year, we actually made a comic book. Um, and it wasn't a, a big sales pitch or a marketing, uh, a piece of marketing material. It was actually really just a good story. I don't think it was about coffee at all. It was just about, um, actually, it was about our Vikings you know, after they went over the water, waterfall in the Super Bowl commercial. 
uh, what happened to them then. And, and that's where the comic book starts. And it's, and it's pretty, it's a good story. Actually, we, we, we worked with the best, best of the best, the best comic book writer we could find, um, real comic book uh, artists, um, who these guys have worked on with Marvel and, and DC. And they, we put together this free, this free comic book and we gave it away on, on free comic book day and at New York Comic Con where we got to be the official or non-official coffee sponsor. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I mean, you said you've done such a great job and it's turned into so many just unimaginable win one after another. It's great. Um, yeah, you've really, uh, you've said it all. You've opened up the kimono on, on your marketing. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We're coming to the end of our time together. Any closing thoughts? You know, like, what's one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? Well, if everyone doesn't have an email list by now, or if, they, if you don't have one, you definitely should, you should start one. I think that's basic. I think that's like the ABCs of e-commerce now. Um, and consistency. I have a sign above my... Uh, doorways in my house that say do something for your business every day and it's turned into you know it's not not just one thing for your business every day there, you know, there's multiple things you got to do for your business every day to, to keep it running to keep it healthy a lot of people have said oh you, you sell online it's kind of like you get paid while you sleep and it's not exactly true we're always you know busting our tails and, and trying to be consistent with our marketing um yeah, you're you're clearly you are hustling on a an entirely new level. Yeah, so I mean, you got to do some business every day, and I think lastly, and this is something I don't know who told me this or, or where I read it, but we kind of use it, and it's been very successful for us. Like, have something exciting going on every week, something new and exciting every week. You know, so have a message or have a a new product or a sale or a discount or a um, or even just a, a blog post, you know, have something every week to to in, entice and excite your your customers and or your fan base. Yeah, I think it it builds momentum, and then you just keep that momentum going, and it be, your marketing then becomes like a flywheel where you're just adding, you know, a little bit of energy to it every week, but the thing just keeps going faster and faster and bigger and bigger. Exactly. All great advice, um, Michael. Thank you. Uh, lastly, where could people go to learn more about you and get your coffee? Yeah. Um, well, people can follow me on Twitter, Mike Brown, DWC. I'll follow um, you right now. Nice. Yeah, I, I kind of I put a post a lot of stuff in there. Just just stuff around the office, stuff we're talking about at Deathwish. Um, you can also find us at DeathwishCoffee.com, or we're available at Amazon.com. And actually, we're moving into grocery stores now. Um, believe it or not, we're in about 800 grocery stores through upstate New York and in Northern California. And Hawaii, uh, Safeways, I think, out in Hawaii. Phenomenal. And I just followed you on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <Thanks. laughs> Again, thank you. Um, and to our listeners, get yourself a cup of Deathwish coffee and subscribe uh, to the unofficial Shopify podcast in iTunes. If this was valuable, leave us a review. And if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, you could sign up for my newsletter at curtelster.com and I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle, LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.